when you come from a place like India, and you know, I ask this question: India is is can be pretty rough and tough, you know, and and people can be quite sharp, and the exchanges can be impolite, and but that's fine, you know, that's how you live here. I think once you come and live in the um, in the UK, you you become soft in your interactions, and I, a lot of trainees would say that. And there is a general politeness to life here, which is very different to uh, the rough and tumble in India. And, and and what I noticed is that my sensitivities changed because I changed after many years. And my interesting example is that I had decided to grow a beard, which was simply a beard. But I, I suspect what had happened is that with that beard, my, my face changed. It, perhaps appeared a little bit more aggressive. I can't say what. What I noticed was a subtle withdrawal of goodwill and cheer. Now, I wouldn't have noticed it if I had come into the UK because even that would have been very polite for me. But having lived here, I could sense that. I could sense uh, in coffee shops. I could sense it at the bus stop. I could sense it. There was that kind of um, it wasn't outright rudeness and nobody called me names but human beings are emotional beings and a lot of what we pick up are non-verbal cues and, and it's that non-verbal cues led me to first doubt myself whether I was feeling that but I got convinced in time it is that lack of cheer it's that lack of goodwill that gradually made me feel a little bit more withdrawn myself. So I think it set up a cycle because if people weren't that extra polite or the, you know, because I could see it with my colleague who walked in the coffee shop with like Mark and, you know, we, we walked in, we was a new coffee shop for both of us. But the kind of, the kind of interaction with him was different to me. Um, and that was particularly noticeable after the beard. Um, and there could be many reasons, you know, as, as a bearded person, I could be just looking a bit more aggressive or there could be a stereotype in the person's head that this person represents um, a particular kind of person that they, they don't particularly like. Who knows? But it was there everywhere that I saw. And um, I think it led into a self-perpetuating cycle. So if I get withdrawn, then I am I'm, I'm colder. And the people who are a bit colder go a bit lower in their temperature. Then I go a bit lower. And I noticed it because I I usually, if I'm sat on a coffee table and there's a kid next door, next, and I would make a face or pull a face or whatever, you know, just, just to distract myself. And I found myself not doing it. Because I thought to myself, what would the mother think? And would she think of it? And so I just went back. And I, at that point, I realized that what it had done to me, it had changed me. It had changed me. And people talk about, um, you know, living in the UK and in terms of overt bias, in terms of, you know, racial slurs and a lot of things. I think it operates in a much more subtle way. It is not, it doesn't lend itself to easy description because it is, in the realm of feelings it is in the realm of psychology it is in in the in the realm of 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 getting a sense of it and therefore 
it is dismissible. You know, people could dismiss it and say, you know what, Amit, you're imagining things. You're just being too soft. <laughs> we ex we expect people to be rational, don't we? We expect if, if there are allegations about racism that you can describe it, that you can explain it, that you can provide evidence when actually... Mm. Um, I imagine you would have really struggled to do that with, you know, when you were thinking about your encounters in the coffee shop. Um, and I think here is in the crux of this whole debate of, it's the crux of this, is to give objectivity in terms of your sense of, fe of feeling left out. To give proof, to give evidence is, is very difficult. Because we have moved away from in-your-face racism, in-your-face outright name-calling, to it operating on a much more subtle level. And perhaps there, there's the word that unconscious bias comes from. Because what you're not doubting is intentions of people. And they're not out to uh, you know, emotionally gree uh, wound you. But they, they can't help themselves in having those those biases and you are interacting with your own sense and let me put it this way if i develop that sense myself that maybe i should be a bit withdrawn then my bias will play out and i will not respond to warmth like i should so there is a bit of that barrier that has come in and it starts from one end but it then you reciprocate do you, do you think it alters professional behavior as well as um, behavior in social situations? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I can't see how it wouldn't impact on professional behavior. It would. Of course it would. Um, you can't separate the professional from the social. You know, it's so difficult to do that because your manner of interaction, the way you speak will be the same. You know, there might be, there is a bit of artificiality or I would say a professional veneer that you have when you work. But emotionally, you don't change completely as soon as you walk into the hospital. So those those variables remain. These are, these are uh, you know, these are micro bumps, I think you collect. But as you collect them, you you something happens to you that changes you in a way that you then interact in a different way with other people i think some of the the things you've said are so emotive needing to feel part of the tribe not being able to express it when you feel left out i mean it, it harks back to school days doesn't it, it it's um but some things don't change i guess yeah i mean you can feel quite rudderless honestly you know, um, with, with that sense. So I think we crave a sense of belonging as human beings. We do. And to feel validated in small ways, um, in to feel validated and valued in daily interactions. Um, it's, it's part of who we are. And you take this away from us, uh, from us, I speak for myself, um, but I suspect I speak for a lot of people is something in you then becomes colder over time. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I um, certainly, my work as a GP, when I'm having a good day, I'm able to give people positive energy. And I think if you don't, if you're not able to, yes. to do yes. that, um, there's definitely a subtle shift 
in, in how you feel and how they feel as well. Um, I was just going to add one thing. I said, I was going to say that you can be very functional and very clinical, uh, but also quite insipid and, and, and bereft of that joy of, of medicine. But you can you can be but, but you can operate. It's not that it's not going to you're going to be less professional in in delivering something. But that's not all you you are. You you are giving a lot more. I don't think you you can compartmentalize yourself so well um, that you can have a professional behavior and a completely different behavior. I think it's all merged into one. But thank you. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's things which don't get picked up on assessment in assessments, um, do they? You can say the same thing, but in a completely different way and have a different meaning. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Amit, thank you so much for, for joining us um, all the way from India. Thank um, you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much.